0: Merry Christmas. Reese, do you need this? You good? Okay. I'm going to put it right here then. Uh, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, verse 57. Luke 1, 57. Uh, just quickly before we get started. Uh, right after we're done um, praying, if I could get um, able-bodied people to grab the, basically everything that's here and just move it that way for um, our kids, because they need a lot of space, okay? So, uh, Luke one we we're going to pick up in Zechariah and Elizabeth's um, story, not Mary and Joseph, because we do that every year. We'll do Zechariah and Elizabeth this year. Verse 57, so the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son, and her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And then on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. Which means God is gracious. And they made signs to the father. Because, just catch you up on the story, Zechariah has been mute for nine months. The angel showed up to him in the temple said, zip it. And it's been zipped for, for nine months. So she signed to um, her fa- the father inquiring what he should be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately, Zechariah's mouth was opened for the first time. And his tongue was loosed and he spoke blessing God and fear came on all the neighbors and all these things were talked about throughout the hill country of Judea and all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying what then will this child be for the hand of the Lord was uh, with him. This is God's word and I'm super pumped. To- hey, we are Mr. Neal <laughs> looking good. Yeah, looking well, good. <laughs> Today for uh, for Christmas, we're going to cover uh, what Zechariah actually spoke. Like what came out of his mouth uh, when his mouth was open and his tongue was loose, and he spoke blessing God. Because when this happened in, on this real day in in history, he first he answers the question that they asked. "What sort of child will this be?" Blah! Like he just answers it. And second, Zechariah preaches the gospel. Okay, and that's why I come to church. We're not going to do the gospel. I I don't want to be here, especially on Christmas morning. Got other stuff to do. I got oh, I got like a gaggle of nieces and nephews at home that I could be playing with. But we're here, so we're going to preach the gospel, okay? Because Zechariah does it here, so that's what the next 13 verses of this are. They're just the gospel. It's just Zechariah declaring, preaching, proclaiming, announcing the gospel, the the good news, okay? so the same good news that Eve heard, Genesis chapter 3, Zechariah preaches here. The same good news that uh, Abraham and, and Moses heard, Zechariah preaches here. The same gospel that David heard and the prophets heard, Zechariah's just riffing off of them. And it's the same gospel that, that Zechariah preaches here, that his son John will preach later. Jesus will preach after him, the apostles will preach after him, and we hope to preach here now. Okay, in our lives, and and that gospel is this. The good news is this for those who trust in God, now is not always. Okay? What's the gospel? Easy. Now is not always. Now, with sin and, and suffering and sadness and tears and crying and pain and death, now is not always. The gospel says that God will radically reverse and fix what has been broken by sin and God will restore and make new all things. Okay, that might not be the gospel. When I say gospel, that might not be the first thing that you think of. But this is what the biblical authors lay out for us. Okay, now is not always. And so John is born. Zechariah's tongue is loosed and he is. Verse 67, he's filled with the Holy Spirit and just. Every time in Luke and Acts that someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, they bear witness to the gospel every single time. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He prophesies and says, verse 68, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and he has redeemed his people. So stop there just quickly. Zechariah's delusional. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> He sounds delusional, okay? Now, granted, since we have angels everywhere in this story, and we have a great angel today, I mean, Avery is gonna kill it as Gabriel later, okay? We have angels everywhere in this story, so I think it's fair to say God has visited, right, and spoken. to his people, but to say that God has redeemed his people at this point in history is delusional, right? It, it's crazy talk. So at present, in, in the first century, in Zechariah's day, they are in exile, okay? King Herod is on the throne. If you don't know the, the Christmas story, King Herod's the baddie, okay? He's the bad guy, not a good guy. Around 70 years after this event, Rome is going to burn Jerusalem. They're going to burn and tear the temple um, to the ground with the help of other legions and whatever. And then Zechariah's people are going to be scattered across the face of the entire earth. OK, which is another way to say 100 percent not redeemed. OK, but Zechariah says he is visited and he has redeemed. His people. So, is he delusional in, in saying this? Did, like, nine months of not speaking. Did it mess with his brain? Okay, because it's supposed to bring enlightenment, right? And like Buddhism and whatever, you don't do a vow of silence. Did it mess with his brain? I don't think so. I think Zechariah is simply speaking like prophets in the Bible speak. They speak of future events with certainty, and they say them in past tense. Okay. There's there's many examples of this, but one famous one that you're if you grew up in church world, uh, is is the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah's day. Israel is mired in sin. Um, They're about to be attacked and exiled uh, and go into Babylon. We get Shadrach and Benny and that whole story. Yet in that time, Isaiah prophesies Isaiah 60, chapter one. He says, arise and shine. Right with Babylon on on the door, Assyria at, at the door, arise and shine for your light has come And the glory of the Lord shines over you. So in Zechariah's day, has their light come? No. (laughs) Okay, is the glory of the Lord shining over them as they're headed off to Babylon? No, but the prophet speaks in in past tense because the future is is certain. Okay, this is what the word of the Lord is. Their light will come. The glory of the Lord will shine on them. And so Zechariah says, arise and shine. Your light has come. Mary does the same thing in her her Magnificat, right? The angel appears to her, and says your son is going to be this guy, right? The, the son of David, the king, the Lord. And, and Mary speaks this way. She says, verse 51 of, of Luke, he has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud. Who's on the throne when Mary's saying this? Herod, the, the proudest of the proud. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones. So in the same way, you see what Mary's doing? Are the mighty toppled from their thrones when she's saying this? No, absolutely not. So in the same way, Zechariah operating under under the same spirit of prophecy can say, verse 68, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited, he has redeemed his people in another way of saying it is certain God will do this. God will visit and redeem his people and God will do everything else Zechariah is about to say. God will do the gospel thing. So he continues verse 69 and he has raised up for us a horn of salvation in the house of his servant David that Rachel read from Psalm 89. And he has spoken by the mouth of his as he has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets from old that we should Israel. We should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. So this is the gospel. This is the good news David heard. So King David, further back in, in the story, 2 Samuel 7, the prophet comes to him and says this. I will make for you, David, a great name. I will appoint a place for my people Israel. Violent men shall afflict them no more. I will give you rest from all your enemies. I will raise up your offspring after you. I will establish your offspring's kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, the, the Right. Zechariah is in the temple, the house of the Lord. He shall build a house for my name. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And your house and your kingdom, David, shall be made sure forever before me. So this is what the news that David hears when he's ruling and reigning. And so if the gospel is now how things are right now is not always. and, And this is what David heard. And so for Zechariah, now Israel has enemies. Now Israel is afflicted. Now Israel has a dummy king on the throne. Now Israel is afflicted by violent men, but now is not always this is what Zechariah is saying through the reign of this Davidic king whom his son John will prepare the way for Israel will have rest from their enemies. Israel will dwell in their land and David's throne and David's kingdom will be established forever, which is what the angel said to Mary. Luke one thirty two. He will be great. What did the prophet say to David? You have a son. His name will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. That's good news, okay? Zechariah, especially if you're Zechariah, and especially if you're you. That's good news, okay? So Zechariah, he opens his mouth, the Spirit fills him, and he's preaching the gospel that David heard. Preaching David's gospel moved right along. Zechariah preaches the gospel that Abraham heard, right? Galatians chapter 3, Abraham heard the gospel. What gospel was that? Zechariah says, "Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He's visited us. He's redeemed us. And why is God? You ever, you ever wonder that? Like we do the Christmas story. We've been doing it for two thousand years or whatever. You ever wonder, like, why Israel? <laughs> why the Jew? You, like, you're gonna is there a bird inside? No. Outside. Why? Okay. Why is God acting the way that He acts towards Israel? Verse seventy-two. Because He's promised to. Okay." Because of verse 72, because of the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father, Abraham. So God, way back in Genesis 12, promised mercy to the family of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob. He swore an oath to them. He, and If God swears an oath, he keeps it. OK, this is. One reason you should be a Christian. Okay, he keeps his his promises. He makes a covenant with them. And Zechariah, now filled with the spirit, just says, yeah, and he hadn't forgotten it. He's keeping his promise. So what does the promise? What does the covenant? uh, What does the oath entail? What good news did Abraham hear and believe? Abraham heard spoiler that now is not always same thing. Genesis chapter 12. God promised Abraham that now all the nations aren't blessed, but they will be through your family. Now it's not always Genesis 15. God promised Abraham that now, well, he didn't have any children. He would have children that number the, the stars in the sky and the sands on the sea. Now it's not always Genesis 17. God promised Abraham that while now he didn't get to live in the land that he was promised, he would eventually dwell there forever, which all which is, we're looking ahead a little bit, which also assumes the resurrection of the dead. How's Abraham going to live in the land that he's promised forever if Abraham's dead he's got to live forever. Okay? So so Genesis 17:8 he says, "And to you, Abraham, to your future offspring, I will give this land as a permanent possession, which assumes you will live forever." Okay? And Abraham didn't get it now, right? Hebrews 11 said Abraham gets close and then he dwells in tents, but Abraham believed the good news that God preached to him and looked ahead to the day that it would come, okay? When when we, when, when the age to come arrives and 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 we're all the stuff is happening. You know who's going to be the most just stoked about living in the land? I think Abraham and Moses. Moses, Because Moses, he got right there. In the age to come, Moses is going to, I mean, he'll be the happiest guy there. Okay? So God swore blessing land and seed to Abraham. And the birth of John signals to Zechariah that, yes, God is keeping his promise. Now is not always. Through the rain... Of this descendant of Abraham, again, that John will prepare the way for Israel's children from their land will bless all the nations. So Zechariah is preaching Abraham's good news. He keeps going. Now it's the gospel to Moses. You know, Moses heard the gospel, too. Yeah. So he says, verse 73 to 74, grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies, that we might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. This is what Moses heard. So Exodus 8 or 18. I forgot. Whatever the next scripture is, should be in Exodus somewhere back there. Before Moses goes goes to Pharaoh, he says, the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh, say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go. Why? That they might serve me. That they might go to the land and serve me. Zechariah says that we are being delivered from the hand of our enemies, that we might serve him. Without fear. Which is essentially to say this. Moses, Zechariah, you won't be in slavery forever. You will be delivered. Now, it's not always. This is the good news. So, the spirit now is filling Zechariah. Zechariah is proclaiming the gospel. And then he stops in the middle of his gospeling. To answer the question that they asked. What sort of child is this going to be? Okay? Because his birth is... is uh, uh, Cool. I don't know. There's a better word for it, right? They're too old to have children, all right? Zechariah is a a priest in the temple. He gets visited by an angel. The angel makes him mute for nine months. Elizabeth has to go into the wilderness and kind of figure this thing out. And then he's born, and then Zechariah can't speak. So there's lots of these swirls going on. And so you're asking, what sort of child will this be? And Zechariah just says exactly what Gabriel told him nine months earlier, verse 76. Verse 76. And you, child, you will be called the prophet of the most high, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. So what sort of child will this be? They ask. Zechariah says he's going to be the sort that goes before Jesus and calls people to repentance. He's going to be the sort that goes Before Jesus and reminds the people of God's patience and kindness and mercy towards them. He's going to be the sort that reminds the people of God's promise to forgive their sin and reminds them of God's promise to shine his light on them, which just so happens to be the gospel that the prophets heard. Zechariah is still just preaching the the gospel here. He answers what sort of child that that question. And then he goes right back to proclaiming the gospel this time what the prophets heard. So the prophets proclaimed a lot of things, but these two two things for sure. One, the tender mercy of God and and the repentance and forgiveness of, of their sins. And two, that the sunrise would visit them from on high. So Isaiah fifty five, the, the tender mercy of God, the knowledge of salvation. Isaiah fifty five, let the wicked forsake his way, let the unrighteous man his thoughts forsake his way, let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion, that he may have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He will abundantly forgive sins, right? Like God doesn't forgive sin a little bit. His love he's lavished on us, not droppered on us. Not dripped on us. He's he's proclaiming the forgiveness of sins that Isaiah did. And the prophets proclaim that the sunrise would visit them on high. Isaiah 9, you're in Christmas world for the last four weeks. You've heard this. The people have walked in darkness, have seen a great light. Just same thing, Isaiah. Have they seen a great light? Past tense? No. (laughs) No. But the prophet speaks in, in, in past tense for future certainty. They have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness on them. Light has shown Malachi. Same thing. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and playfully jump like calves from the stall. It's one of Stony Faith's favorites there. So John goes out and he just preaches what the prophets preached, right? He says, repent and believe in the gospel. Before Jesus has gone to the cross, before Jesus has risen from the dead, before Jesus has ascended into heaven, before Jesus has has sent the spirit, he's preaching the gospel. And it's, it's this one, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And he prepares the way for the day when the light will shine on them. John goes out to the people and says, just like the prophets before him, for those who trust in God now is not always. Your sins will be forgiven. You will be sprinkled with clean water. Your heart of flesh or your heart of stone will be removed and you will be given a heart of flesh and you will never turn from the Lord. Again, this is the good news. And then finally, Zechariah's prophetic explosion here ends with the gospel that Eve heard. Okay, the one that Eve heard the son of Abraham, the son of David, the one that John will prepare the way for will. Verse seventy nine. He will give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And he will guide their feet in the way of peace. So Adam and Eve, which is very start, right? Right at the beginning. Adam and Eve were told that if they rebelled against their maker, they would come under the shadow of death. And the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Okay. Death is not normal. Death is not how things are supposed to to be. And everyone who's dealt with death knows this. Things are off. Things are not right. This isn't how things should be. But they did come under the shadow of death. And we sit under that same shadow. Okay? Some feel it more intensely than others at different times throughout their life. But we sit in that same shadow. But the gospel that Eve heard said what? Now is not always not going to be like this forever right after adam and eve's rebellion right after death entered the world through sin god looked at his beloved creation right he's finished and he says it's very good i love this i love you adam and eve right at that moment god looked them in the eye and told them things won't be this way forever eve you will have a son he will crush that serpent's head and death will be undone adam eve now is not always okay this is the gospel to Eve. And so it's these things, the, these promises, the restoration of Jerusalem, a divinic king on the throne, the rescue of Israel from all of their enemies, the forgiveness of sins and the undoing of death. These things make up the gospel. The, the, like this is the good news that Eve and Abraham and David and the prophets and Zechariah believed. This is what they proclaimed. This was their good news. Like, if you ask them, what's the gospel? You're going to get some of this. Zechariah is filled with the spirit. He gives you all of this, he says all of these things and you can sum them up. Stoney's home with a sick kid. So Stoney, if you're watching, it's for you, man. And it's for you. I mean, Isaiah 25, you get all this, you get everything Zechariah said rolled up into one little passage on this mountain. The prophet says, well, what mountain Mount Zion in Jerusalem, the land promised to Abraham and Moses and David on this Mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples. What was the gospel to Abraham? That in you, all the peoples, all the nations would be blessed on this mountain. The Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine. Can I get it? Amen, Sierra. Amen. Amen. Of, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well refined. That sounds like the curse on the ground has been removed. Right? Farmers are like, Amen. Everything we put in, boom, comes up. And then the big one, then the big one, then the, 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 the reason that, that we p- people have followed Jesus and gathered to worship him ever since he was born. The big one is this verse seven. And then he will swallow up on this mountain, the covering that is cast over all the peoples, the veil that is spread over all the nations, which is what? You will sit in the shadow of death, death. He, he will swallow it up. It will be no more. He will give light to those who sit in the shadow of death. Verse eight, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people. He will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken, which is a long way of the Lord saying through Isaiah. Now is not always. This is what he's saying. (laughs) This was their good news. okay, and this should be our good news. Okay, when you think about the gospel and you think about the Christmas story, this is God's just big announcement to you that things will not be this way forever. Okay, your your thoughts about the future should be glorious and happy and joy filled because Isaiah 25 will happen. Well aged wine, fatty meats and no more death. That's all I want. That's all I want. And we should believe this good news that they believed with even more confidence and even more trust and even more faith than they did. Why? Because we've met the serpent, serpent crushing seed that Eve was promised. Right. Ta-da. Here he is. We, we've met the nation's blessing seed that Abraham was promised. We've met the deliverer from slavery uh, seed that, that Moses was promised. We've met the righteous king that David was promised and we've met the sin forgiver and spirit pourer outer that the prophets were promised, right? Like, we've met Jesus. If you live in Oklahoma, you have heard about this man and what he will do. We know how he was born, right? We've got millions of songs about it, right? Like, at late November, I was trying to plan the songs for for the next month, and I was like, where do you start? You change words to them, all right? You, You fix them up how you want them. We know how he was born, we know how he lived, we know how he died on a cross for our sins. They didn't know all of this, right? We on this side of it are, are just so privileged. We know that he rose from the grave to take away the sting of death, and we know that he's coming back again to make good on everything Zechariah just vomited out, right? We know he's going to do the 2 Corinthians 2.20, all the promises of God that we just read this morning. Find their yes in who? Him. in in Jesus. Not one word that God has spoken will return void. Not one promise that he has made will fall to the ground. Okay, so to you and Robert, if you'll come help us, please, that would be wonderful. Do you long for a king who will rule all the nations in righteousness? Do you long for the redemption and restoration of Jerusalem and by default all of the earth? Then you need to repent and believe in the gospel preached to David. Okay? Because the son of David is not a baby in a manger anymore okay he's coming back not as a a baby but as a man with an iron scepter and he will rule all the nations so repent bow your knee to this king do you long for the day when all the nations all of them when all the nations walk in blessing rather than cursing then you need to repent and believe in the gospel that abraham heard Do you long for the world to be delivered from bondage and set free to serve the Lord? You need to believe the gospel preached to Moses. And do you long for the forgiveness of your sins? For a new heart and a new spirit? Then you need to repent and believe the gospel preached to the prophets. And do you sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and long for its undoing? Okay. Do you long for now to not be always then you need to repent and believe in the gospel preached to Eve. And if you will, all this comes true for you. Okay? All this comes true for you. You will walk in, 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 in a, a new heaven and new earth, in nations that are totally submitted to the Lord Jesus. You, you will see uh, uh, every nation blessed. You will see uh, food for everyone. You know, it just... Basic stuff, food for everyone, and you will never attend a funeral again. Like 2000, like we've been say we've been there 2000, 3000 years, like, man, we have not had a funeral in 2000 years. This is pretty sweet. Jesus took on flesh to make good on all of these promises he was born into our world, not to condemn the world, but to save it through his sacrificial death for our sins. And so if you will put your trust in Jesus' life, in his death for your sins, and his resurrection to, that secures your resurrection, you will be saved. When he comes again, you will stand before him clean, pardon your sins forgiven, and, and, and you will inherit eternal life. And so if you don't know what that looks like, how do I repent? How do I trust in Jesus? How do I actually follow Jesus? Not, you know, whatever the heck it is I've been doing. How do I actually follow Jesus? You're sitting next to a member of our church. They can tell you. They can help you. This is their job. If you don't want to talk to a member, I'll be around. Some of our elders will be around after. But on what, what a better time to put your trust in Jesus than like his birthday. So don't wait. Luke one sixty eight Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our Father, and to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, you will be called the prophet of the Most High. You will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. You will give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for not being a liar. Thank you for following through and being faithful to every word that you've spoken. I ask that our our hearts would be filled uh, with worship today. God, that our hands and feet would would follow what our heart is doing today. And we would just count ourselves as a privileged uh, and loved people. That you have come into the world not to condemn it, but to save it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.